Welcome to another edition of the Ebony Bird Podcast. I'm your host, Jake McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at jmcdonald 95 and I am joined, of course, by our two site experts, Chris Schisler at FootballMan58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller with two R's. And, of course, I'm the owner and founder of Charm City Birdwatch for CharmCityBirdWatch.com and CharmCityBW on Twitter. And EbonyBird.com, also the official fan-sided affiliate for the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Ebony underscore Bird and EbonyBird.com. We also have a mobile app now uh, that you can download from the App Store, and you will find all of our articles there. Some of the top ones today from Joe, uh, Buck Allen from Bubble Player, uh, to key running back this season. Chris earlier had 2017 Baltimore Ravens, why this is different than last year. Those are today's posts. All of our posts uh, from both Joe and Chris, myself, and all of our other contributors at Ebony Bird are going to be found there. And then one other thing that I wanted to mention before I get started, uh, Stan White, broadcaster for the Ravens on the radio, course jerry sandusky's partner he has a new book coming out in october called if these walls could talk baltimore ravens stories from the ravens sideline locker room and press box i of course uh was contacted by one of the publicists for the book uh they asked me if i could read it and get a review up on ebony bird and i did get it started last night the first couple of chapters so i am looking forward to seeing what all the what that book holds definitely get your copy as soon as you can uh once it's released so fellas uh, 2-0 start for the Ravens following their win over the Browns on Sunday. We're going to talk about the game first. Chris, we'll shoot over to you and then Joe. Uh, top takeaways from the game, so I'll uh, shut up finally and let you guys do the talking after all your two our two side experts. So, Chris, how did you feel following Sunday's win? Uh, I felt fantastic about, about it. And the reason I felt fantastic was the consistency. Five takeaways in two consecutive games. Terrell Suggs had another script. That was fun to see. Uh, Tyus Bowser came alive, uh, had a sack, an interception, and two tackles. That was fun to see. You know, it, the, the reason I'm excited is because we stuck to the running game. We played good defense. We got turnovers. Honestly, I kind of think if Kaiser stays in the game that whole time and we don't give up that drive playing soft defense against Kevin Hogan, who we don't think is going to beat us. I think this could be a 24-3 game. I mean, that was the one drive the Browns really got it going. Just fantastic defense. Running game was sensational. and It was good to see Flacco and Ben Watson, Flacco and Macklin. Uh, You have two things going in the passing game right now. And Buck Allen, man, I mean, he's the man. Yeah, I mean, the score will say it's a lot closer than it really was. I mean, the Ravens pretty much dominated this game from a defensive standpoint. They got up 21 nothing or 21-7 in the first half, excuse me. Um, and I thought the offense just looked a lot better than the first week. Flacco seemed to come more into his own. There weren't really any limitations like we saw in week one. Um, Macklin got hurt, and that, of course, scared all of us, but at least he came back. That was just a stinger. Um, defense is, is just incredible. I mean, another five takeaway game is just insane. I mean, 10 takeaways in the first two games is, is something that we thought of this defense coming in, but other people didn't really expect. So I'm glad the Ravens are still continuing to prove what we thought. Uh, like Chris said, Buck Allen, I mean, he led the Ravens to 42 touches on on uh, Sunday. I'm not really sure what happened too much with Terrence West. I know he had that um, soft tissue injury that was reported later in the game, so we'll have to see what happened with that. Bush, uh, 
the biggest takeaway, I think, is like even though the Ravens won and even though they're two and now that something always bad has to happen, and of course that happens with the Marshall Young injury, which I know we're going to get to, but it just it just seems like this team can never catch a break. I mean, Yonda's the best player on this team, and without him, they're going to be in some trouble. But I mean, it's good to start off two and zero, but just how the Ravens' off season and season has gone so far, the injury bug continues to bite them. Yeah, going back to the game, I do agree that if Deshaun Kaiser had stayed in there, the Browns, you know, might not have scored. They got all their points off of uh, Kevin Hogan when he came into the game. And I can't really say that I give the Ravens a lot of uh, uh, blame there because Hogan had barely seen any time in the NFL before. They had absolutely no tape on him whatsoever. And they probably weren't expecting Kaiser to leave the game with a migraine, which, of course, is what in fact happened and why he missed a little bit of the game in the second quarter. Uh, you know, I thought the, the Ravens, of course, Flacco, they still committed to the run game, but they opened it up a little bit more with Flacco attempting 34 passes. But you guys alluded to Buck Allen performing very well, especially if Terrence West is dealing with a little bit of a nick. Him and, and um, Alex Collins are going to be really relied upon going forward. Um, you know, Macklin was out for a little bit. That was scary to see, but he did come back in uh, after not missing a lot of time. But just like Joe just mentioned, uh, we'll go back to you first, and then we'll shoot over to Chris for the second time. I, I agree. The, the Marshall Yonda injury is just terrible. The, this, There's no way of replacing him. Like, Suggs and Flacco alluded to that after the game. It's just he's such a leader, not, you know, verbally, but, you know, just kind of in a calm demeanor, sort of in the same lines of Flacco. But I remember 2015, the season ago, where they had all those injuries and starting with really the Terrell Suggs injury that happened in the first game and really just killed the momentum. And I know that Tony Bernstrom came in and played well, uh, but really just ha- not having a leader like that on the offensive line, one of the best linemen in the NFL, he's been, been consistently ranked as the top guard, has you know ridiculous numbers of the sacks that he hasn't given up. This... You know, I think they're in a much better position now than they were two years ago with the Suggs injury because of their defense was not nearly as good as it is now. But this is a really, really tough injury, not only on the field but off the field as well, not having that leadership in the locker room, not having that force on the offensive line, not having him in the huddle. It it, it might not hurt them this week that much against the Jaguars, but coming up with against the Steelers and the Raiders, teams like that, they're they're really going to miss him. It, it, it sucks. I mean, it's just there's really nothing you can say about it other than it really sucks. I mean, the fact that Yonda was able to walk off on his own power in the first place off the field, you didn't think it was a broken ankle, but then they did the x-rays and we learned the bad news after the game was over. I mean, I just don't think um, his replacement's even on this roster. I mean, the Ravens might have to give up a draft pick. They'd want Ozzie Newsom's hair to draft picks. Once a team that's out of contention has a veteran that might want to join the team, I'm, I'm just really not sure. Like you said, they can – they can suffice for now against the Jaguars, but once they start getting in the tougher games against, you know, the Packers and the Lions in weeks to come and the Steelers too, it's just going to be a tough thing to do. And they want to keep committing to running the football, but that's going to be tough when your best lineman's out. Yeah, it's not easy to replace Marshall Yonda. I think he might be the greatest right guard of all time. He's in the conversation uh, definitely the second-best offensive lineman in Ravens history, Ogden, of course, being the first. Yeah, I'm just the man, but you know what? It's, how tough is he to walk off the field with a fractured leg? Unbelievable there. Much like Flacco, when he when he had his leg injury in 2015, he, he walks off the field and it doesn't look that bad, and it, it is that bad. Uh, I will say this about the – Tony Bergstrom thing. 
I, I didn't think he played that great when he came in for Yonda. I thought our running game wasn't quite what it was going to that side. Um, I thought the pass protection was a little shaky after that point. So Bergstrom's got to show it against Saxonville, uh, or at least they tried to call themselves that after one strong performance in week one. Yeah, yeah I think we can survive, but it's not going to be as pretty on the offensive line. Yeah, absolutely not. Just really frustrating when the offensive line going into the season is probably the top question the Ravens faced. And really, I think everybody was surprised at how well they had been playing, given that they didn't have Alex Lewis, given that they didn't have Rick Wagner or guys uh, like uh, Nico Saragusa or John Urschel. I think everybody was impressed by how the offensive line was holding up and the run game and the passing game were both uh, resulting well um, because of that. So really definitely going to be something to keep an eye on uh, this week. The the Jaguars do have a really good defense, so it'll be a big test for Tony Bergstrom, whoever ends up starting um, on offensive line at right guard. So moving on to the Jaguars preview, uh, again, I'm Jake McDonald, McDonald Five on Twitter, contributor for Ebony Bird. I'm here with site experts. Chris Schisler and Joe Schiller. Chris is footballman58 on Twitter, and Joe is Joe Schiller of two R's. We're here talking about the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars taking place this Sunday in London. Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. here on Eastern Time. Over in London, it will be 2.30 p.m. when they kick off. But it's uh, going to be interesting. The Jaguars are used to going over to London. They've done it five or, five or so times now. They've done it for a, cu- a couple consecutive years. They're used to it. This is the first time the Ravens have gone over there. They're one of the very few remaining teams in the NFL that's never been overseas. Uh, we'll shoot to Chris first and then uh, Joe. The the team leaves. Uh, I asked Jeff Zrebeck myself on uh, Sunday because I wasn't exactly sure when, when they were leaving. He told me they were leaving Thursday. So I'm assuming Jacksonville is going over there uh, around the same time. They'll have some a couple days to kind of explore the area and get used to the time difference when uh, a couple days beforehand. So Chris will go to you first. Uh, what do, Are you expecting – something exact on Sunday or are you kind of up in the air now just because we haven't seen this team play in London yet we don't know how they're going to look I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference uh, you heard Harbaugh saying well they usually practice at 8.45 so I don't think their internal clock is going to be like oh we can't do football at this time uh, would I be shocked to see a little bit sloppy football from both sides sure the travel is a factor but right now, I just I look at Jacksonville and I think this really shouldn't be a challenge. Jacksonville had a good week one. Well, guess what? Anyone can do well against Tom Savage and then Deshaun Watson coming in relief. Uh, Houston wasn't good in the in the first game, and I I mean I just look at this team and I say. They're not better than the team we just beat. The Cleveland Browns are probably better than the Jaguars. It's not saying much, but it's saying something. Yeah, I think the Ravens should definitely win this game. It'd be a disappointment if they didn't. I mean, the Jaguars play right into the strengths of the Ravens' defense. They have terrible quarterback play, and they turn the ball over all the time. Blake Bortles is arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL, Um, and they run the ball with Leonard Fournette, who's a very talented running back, but the Ravens have shown they can play against the run really well with that front seven. So, I mean, I could, I mean, I'm expecting another game where we see Blake Bortles do, throw a couple of interceptions or fumble the ball, and we could very well see Chad Henney put in this game by Doug Marone, and I don't think that's going to be any better for the Jaguars. I think this could be a little close. I don't think the time is going to affect the Ravens at all. Like Chris said, Harbaugh's been pretty uh, confident about how they practiced in the offseason, and they, he said that the time shouldn't be a problem, so I guess we can trust him about that. 
But um, like Chris said, I wouldn't be expecting. I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out a little sloppy. But the Ravens are the better team, and they should definitely be three and zero by the end. By the time Sunday ends. It will be interesting to see if this game is close, too. The Ravens have had a handful of close games against the Jaguars in recent seasons. You could talk about uh, last year, they, you know, they played in Jacksonville for the first time in a while. It was close. The game in 2015 when Elvis Dumerville got that uh, terrible uh, call against against him. I think it was a roughing the quarterback call, and then it ended up going, or maybe a face mask or something along those lines, leading to a winning field goal by the Jaguars. Uh, they you could go back to 2011 too when they lost in Jacksonville, and that game. I mean, they could have costed them the number one seed. It ended up costing them the number one seed in the AFC that year. Instead, they were the number two seed and had to travel to New England. So Jacksonville could be a sneaky team, but I'm kind of on the um, same side as you guys. Uh, kind of close, maybe like a 21 to 17 Ravens win. Um, I do think it'll be interesting them going up against the Jaguars front seven and trying to establish a run game and protect Joe now with Marshall Yonda out for the season. But uh, really, we got to praise the defense for having two turnovers, uh, or excuse me, in two games, having 10 turnovers in two games. And against, you know, a turnover machine in Blake Bortles, that number could again increase um, on Sunday at a rapid rate. And, you know, they've only let up 10 points this season, which has to be the least amount in the NFL. So, Joe, we'll go to you first. Uh, what's your, you know, uh, score preview at around uh, on Sunday for the Ravens-Jaguars game taking place in London? I just saw the opening line. It says the Ravens are four-and-a-half-point favorites. So, I'll put them at it's like a 21-14 game. I think they'll win by a touchdown. I think the Jaguars will keep it close like they always seem to, but I think the Ravens, like I said, are the better team, and they should definitely pull out this game. Yeah, I'm going to say the Ravens win 28-10. I think it'll be interesting, but I don't think it'll be a game we're afraid of the outcome most of the time. And moving on now, we're going to do some NFL pick segments. So let me pull up the schedule here real quick. Thursday night football, it's the Rams at 49ers. I saw the uh, mustard color rush uniforms uh, that the that the uh, Rams will be wearing on Thursday night. And one more thing about the London game before we pick the games here. I'm looking forward to seeing how many Ravens fans are going to be traveling over in London. I'm sure that's going to be interesting to watch for as well. Uh, but going to Thursday night football first, I'm, we'll just uh, kind of go in a circle here. I'll give my pick first, followed by Chris and then Joe. Uh, for Rams and the 49ers. I got to go with the Rams. They had a you know good showing against the Colts in week one, played a close game last week against the Redskins, uh, who could be a sneaky good team once the season transpires a little bit. But I have to go with the Rams here, especially uh, Brian Hoyer going up against that Rams defense. I agree 100%. I think Gurley has a huge game, and the Rams win. Yeah, the jerseys are ugly, and this could be an ugly game, but the Rams are definitely going to win. It seems like we're all projecting a Ravens win here, so let's move on to the 1 o'clock games on Sunday. Broncos taking on the Bills. I don't know how anybody can pick against the Broncos right now, especially with, after what they did to the Cowboys last week, limiting Ezekiel Elliott to eight yards on the ground. I I have to go with them here. Yeah, I was tempted to say the Bills was a joke, but yeah, it's the Broncos. Yeah, Trevor Simeon's playing out of his mind. He had quite the game against the the Cowboys and the Bills put up, I think it was just like three points against the Panthers last week, so I'll definitely take the Broncos. Another joke game here, Steelers taking on the Bears. I have a feeling we could be seeing a little bit of Mitchell Trubisky in this game and a Steelers blowout win. I'd love to pick it up set, but Steelers win. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say. The Steelers definitely win this. The Bears are probably one of the worst teams in the league. Well, this is going to be a good battle on Sunday. Two uh, teams in the NFC, both the 2-0, the defending NFC champion Falcons traveling to Detroit, taking on the Lions. Boy, 
this is a good one. Uh, Matt Stafford, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, going up against uh, one of the quarterbacks that's playing the best in the NFL right now, Matt Ryan. Um, this is tough, but I think I'm going to go with the Lions here because of uh, the Falcons almost losing on the road to the Bears in week one. The reason I'm going with the Lions is the Lions' run game. I think they're going to control the game. I think uh, Ziggy Ansah and that pass rush is going to give Atlanta trouble if the Packers didn't. Give me the Lions. I'll take the Falcons on this one. I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. They pretty much dominated the Packers on Sunday Night Football. That score was a lot closer than the game really was. And if the Falcons can get back big easily, I think he can get to Matthew Stafford and force some turnovers. So I like the Falcons. Another 1 o'clock game here of 0-2 teams, the Browns taking on the Colts. I'm going to go with the Browns here get their first win of 2017. Without Andrew Luck, the Colts are horrible, and with Andrew Luck, they're not good. So give me the Browns. I don't even know who to pick in this one. I'm just I'm going to go Browns. This is going to be another terrible game. You should just put this one on Thursday night because this, this, both of these teams are terrible, but I'll pick the Browns. The Buccaneers are going to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Uh, until I know what's wrong with Sam Bradford's knee, I'm not comfortable picking the Vikings, so I'm going to go with Tampa on this one. You know, Tampa Bay looks really good right now, and again, with Bradford being the X Factor, give me Tampa Bay. Yeah, Case Keenum at quarterback is not going to do wonders for the Vikings. I'll take the Bucks. The defending AFC South champion Texans are going to New England and take the, take on the Patriots. Uh, the his mind escapes me right now. That uh, Bill Bill O'Brien going back up to the Patriots, uh, New England, where he used to coach. The Texans don't have a quarterback. It's as simple as that. I'm going with New England in a blowout. Yeah, I would be shocked if uh, Houston scores more than 10 points. I know the Patriots are going to put up 30 at least. Give me New England. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's going to look like a real rookie quarterback. I'll take the Patriots. The Jets 0-2 hosting the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. I'm going to go with the Dolphins here, get their second win on the ro- um, in a row on the road. Yeah, this is pretty easy. The Jets are so bad, and J.H.I. is going to run all over them. I'll take the Dolphins, but I think it's going to be a little closer than people expect. Another 1 o'clock game, the Giants traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Giants looking for the first win. i got to go with the Eagles here. The Giants haven't... They haven't beaten the Eagles in a long time. The Eagles have had their number in the past, in the past few seasons, and the Giants have looked terrible so far. Without Odell being 100%, they don't have an offense. Eli looks terrible. Give me Phil. Uh, I'm going to go with Philly, but it's not because Eli looks awful. It's because their offensive line looks awful. I think Eli is getting a little too much crap for nobody catching passes and nobody protecting him. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz. Actually has a team around them playing well. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing as Chris. If you thought the Ravens were struggling on the offensive line, the Giants are terrible. Uh, there, Eric Flowers can't block a single person. He probably couldn't even block me if I was on the defensive line, so I'll take the Eagles. The last 1 o'clock game, the Saints taking on the Panthers in Carolina. Uh, the Saints have started 0-2 for a couple seasons in a row now, and they've kind of been the same wave, 7-9, and hovering around there for a while. I'm going to go with the Panthers. I think this will be close, um, but I think it comes down to the Saints. They don't play well on, on the road. They don't play well outside. I'm going to go with Cam and the Panthers. Yeah, home cooking for the Carolina Panthers, and I think Cam Newton has a big day against a Saints defense that's going to be better this year, like they say every year, and it is. Yeah, I'll take the Panthers, too. They lost Greg Olson, but the Saints aren't good. And this, is a, this could be the final season of Sean Payton in New Orleans. Yeah, I lost uh, Greg Olson, too, on one of my fantasy teams. Now for the 4 o'clock games, there's three of them this weekend. The Seahawks going on the road to battle the Titans. This is actually going to be a really good game. I'm going to go with Tennessee. Um, I know Marcus Mariota is going to have to step up his game against that Seattle defense, but their offense, Seattle's offense, has been horrible so far. And going across the country, I mean, it's kind of like playing a 1 o'clock game uh, for them. 
but I'm going to go with the Titans here at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Titans. I think they're. I think this is going to be an ugly game, though, because I think both defenses have it going on. I think the Seahawks' offense is a little problematic. Give me, give me the Titans, but I'm very tempted to pick the Seahawks. Yeah, I'll take the Titans too. The Seahawks just cannot get anything done on the offense. Their offensive line is also terrible, and Russell Wilson has to run around the pocket all day, so I'll take Titans. The 0-2 Bengals going up to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers. I think this could actually be a close game. I, I think this could actually be pretty close, uh, sneaky, because uh, Green Bay's defense is terrible. But but Aaron Rodgers, I gotta give I gotta give him it here. I'm gonna go Green Bay. Well, the reason you gotta go Green Bay is because I don't think Andy Dalton and the Bengals right now can put up more than 14 points, and I think the Packers are going to dominate. Yeah, I think this could be a big blowout. Um, the Packers at home against the Bengals, who have struggled the first two weeks, so I'll take Packers. A divisional matchup here in the AFC West. The Chiefs traveling to the 30,000 stub hub of center to take on the Chargers, who are still looking for the first win. Give me the Chiefs here. They, they just look too good right now, and the Chargers uh, are finding a way to lose, not win. I'm going to take Kansas City. Yeah, I can't argue with that logic. The Chargers are the best team in the NFL at losing the most incredible games. Yeah, give me Chiefs. They're on the best team in the AFC. And I think they're going to continue that. Sunday night football, which I look forward to every week, just to watch Carrie Underwood do the intro to the show. Uh, the 2-0 Raiders going to D.C. to take on the 1-1 Redskins. You know, difficult again for a West Coast team going to the East Coast, but it'll be like playing, I guess, a four o'clock game for the Raiders since there's a time difference there. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Raiders here. The Redskins haven't looked good. Yeah, they beat the Ram, the Rams on the road, but uh, the Rams really that what, what does that say when they play that close? Um, Derek Carr is a beast. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I think in a couple years he could be the best in the NFL, but um, I'm. I, I think it, it could be a high-scoring game. The Raiders' defense is suspect, but I'm going to go with the Raiders on the road on a statement Sunday night football win, and also because Kirk Cousins doesn't play well when it matters. You know, I think the Oakland Raiders have the most exciting offense in the National Football League. Give me the Oakland Raiders to win this one. Yeah, I'll take the Raiders too. I love watching the Redskins lose, and I think Raiders are just a better team. They'll be able to the teams competing uh, in the AFC come the end of the year. Monday Night Football, the 1-1 one one Cowboys traveling to Arizona to take on the 1-1 one one Cardinals. Um, I don't trust Carson Palmer right now. I know the Cowboys' defense isn't all that, uh, but I think Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott have a bounce-back week. I know they're going to be angry about how, what happened in Denver. Uh, give me the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, this is a game where I don't trust any of the teams. Give me the Cowboys because their offensive line and running game should have a good week. Yeah, I think this could be an ugly game. I'd still take the Cowboys, but... The Cardinals have been bad, and the Cowboys looked awful against the Broncos. Zico Ali pretty much quit in that game. So let's see if he can turn around this week. I'll take Cowboys. That does it for us on this edition of the Ebony Bird Podcast. Again, you can find us at ebonybird.com for all of our stories. You're listening to this podcast with either iTunes or Block Talk Radio. We are Ebony underscore Bird on Twitter. I'm your host, Jake McDonald, at jmcdonald95. Chris is footballman58 on Twitter, and Joe is Joe Schiller with two R's. Uh, again, uh, one last question. Since the Ravens game is in London, and, and like we said earlier, it's going to be happening bright and early on CBS at 9.30 Eastern time here. So um, we can go to Chris. I'm going to ask Joe first, though. Uh, you know, you and me are both college students. So are you going to be are you going to be spending your evening in on Saturday night, or are you going to be testing the limits here with this game taking place early in the morning? I'll be testing the limits and setting my alarm, hoping my son does not die, and I will try, to, I will try my best to be up. Yeah, I'll be... 
I'm not a college student. I have no life. I'll be watching college football. I might not watch the 1030 kickoffs um, like I usually do, but I'll definitely be watching college football on Saturday night. Why well, I, I don't plan on going out on Saturday, but it's not because of the rain. It's out, it's all also because my mom is coming up to visit me on Saturday night. Uh, the Bloomsburg Fair starts up on Friday, and that's a big event here up in Pennsylvania, one of the biggest fairs in the um, in Pennsylvania and the surrounding area. So she's never been. She so she's coming up to visit me this weekend when we're gonna, we're gonna go do that, and I'll be up early on Sunday morning to. Uh, be here for all of our Ravens coverage here at Ebony Birds. So with that being said, uh, hope the Ravens win. Like we said, uh, we all picked them. So hopefully that happens. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how they play over in London for the first time and the type of showing the Ravens fans get out there in London. I'm interested to see how many uh, Ravens fans, members of the flock over in London come over to see them. Uh, so again, 9:30 on Sunday morning, you can catch the Ravens as they take on the Jaguars. And hopefully we come to you next week on the Ebony Bird podcast. We'll be talking about still the three and O unbeaten Baltimore Ravens. So enjoy the game and we will talk to you next week right here on the Ebony Bird podcast. Next.